So, you know, I like to think of it as a safe-fail approach to things rather than a fail-safe approach. Welcome to Inside IT from the technology experts at Intel's own IT organization. With the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, we're reminded of the importance of being prepared for disaster and how that day changed the way many IT professionals view data security. With Texas fires and Hurricane Irene having recently roared up the east coast of the U.S., FEMA has been in full mobilization mode. The list of potential disasters is long. Earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, storms, floods, as well as global conflicts, bombings, cyber attacks, and plain old human error. The world is inherently risky, and damage to data or to the network can be just as bad as damage to brick and mortar. On this edition of Inside IT, a discussion about disaster preparedness in the data center with Intel IT's Brad Ellison. I am an IT at Intel, a subject matter expert in data centers. I've worked in IT in a number of different areas, architect, engineer, and general roustabout, I guess. You could say it's Ellison's job to consider the worst possible disaster scenarios for the data center. He started his current job at a pivotal time in the field. It was very shortly after 9-11, so a lot of concern at that point in time about business continuity, disaster recovery, and potential issues and threats to Intel's IT infrastructure. Changes in the threat landscape, as well as changes in technology, mean a different approach to disaster preparedness. Ellison says when he started, the focus was on building data centers for reliability and availability and hardening existing data centers physically. Well, that's still important. Today, the focus is really about right-sizing or right-focus on business continuity. We don't treat everything in our data centers exactly the same because different data centers have different functions in the company. That means looking critically at the business. And for Intel, that business is making computer chips. So manufacturing is most critical, and it requires one approach to business continuity. With manufacturing computing, we have complete redundant data centers that support our factories, so there's always two of everything. Design is also critical, but it demands a different approach. With design, we tend to segregate the design data from the computational horsepower, if you will. So, for example, we might have a data center that is one of, of a couple of nodes that is really focused on just cranking out analytical calculations, but the data that is fed into those computers sits in an entirely different data center. And you treat the one with the data as a much more prized commodity. And Office and Enterprise requires yet another approach. With our enterprise computing, we also have a pairing strategy where we have a couple of data centers that are essentially mirrors of each other. And using cloud capabilities, that will become even more the case where those are, are actively functioning as a hot, hot configuration. Business continuity planning for each of these areas differs in order to maximize cost effectiveness. And as we said, it's not just new and different threats that affect the approach to disaster preparedness. Changing technology also plays a part. As we move into cloud, where Workloads can actually be shifted from machine to machine and uh, eventually from data center to data center. What we'd look for now is the ability to harden at the application layer 
and eliminate some of the extra investment required in the data center from a hardening angle. Another change in the approach has more to do with a difference of perception. So, you know, I like to think of it as a safe-fail approach to things rather than a fail-safe approach. The idea is that you can't comprehend all the possibilities that would lead to failure of one type or another. Who would have thought about a a jet crashing through a a skyscraper as a, a risk to a data center 10 years ago? But The way that we comprehend it is by practicing, by doing a lot of work in those things that we can address, that we know are weaknesses, take care of those, and then work towards really more reactive sort of approach to managing unforeseen incidents. There are several stages to Intel IT's disaster recovery plan. First, preparation. It's understanding what the policies are, understanding what the risks are, making sure that you've hardened the infrastructure appropriately to address those risks, such as building a data center in an earthquake zone, right? You want to make sure that you overbuild that to the point where it would survive any practical sort of expected earthquake. Next is the response phase. So if it's an earthquake, you know, are there water leaks? Are there gas leaks? Is the data center still physically there? That sort of thing. And getting a team in place to address each and every one of those issues. Then comes recovery and restoration. You can think of it as triage, right, in the recovery phase. After that triage has been done, what are the steps we need to go through to actually bring the capability back online? And sometimes that means running in a degraded fashion, not totally up to where you would like it to be, but better than nothing. And sometimes it means actually bringing it up to the state it was in prior to the incident that occurred. So the plan is in place. Training plays a key role in preparedness, especially since it's not very practical to take a data center down to practice a response. We do tabletop exercises with all of the different people that would have a role in restoring that capability. And we check those off as we go you know, around the 90-some the data centers that we have. And it's a fairly big effort to do that, but we believe it's very important for people to understand contact lists and potential responses to things like power outages and some of the basics. Ellison says to date, Intel has managed to avoid the kinds of disasters he spends a lot of time preparing for. But he gives an example of a time Intel IT moved off the tabletop and into a real-world situation. One day, um, the CIO said, you know, what I want to be able to do is to go into one of my data centers and turn the power off and have that data center still be functioning. So we actually took him down there and we had him hit the breaker switch And everything got very quiet for a minute or two. And then in the background, you could hear the generators come up, and uh, we all sort of breathed a a big sigh of relief. Intel faces other challenges as a multinational corporation. Intel IT has reduced the number of data centers over time from 147 to about 90. But they can be all over the world. Differing regulations and even different ideas of safety can create problems. Ellison relates a story about a data center in Russia. Overhead sprinklers or fire suppression are not required in commercial buildings. And getting a landlord there to agree to put that in sometimes is a pretty difficult and tall order to do. I mean, they they don't understand why they should have to put fire suppression in. For the record, Ellison says, they convinced the landlord that sprinklers were a deal breaker and they got them installed. But the lesson is, as far as disaster recovery and business continuity planning is concerned, you can't know the future. But you can look at your business, assess your infrastructure, keep adjusting your plan, 
and make yourself safe. It's an ongoing process. It's going to change as threats change. It's going to change as technology changes. And the main point is to keep focus on it and to keep exercising the teams that you've put in place to make sure that they don't lose their edge. And that's probably the biggest one. For more information on disaster recovery for the data center and anything you might want to know about the IT at Intel team, go to www.intel.com IT. Our next podcast is Client in the Cloud. Join us to find out what that's all about. Thanks for listening. With Inside IT, I'm Paul Lancor.